there's a, definitely a specific time and place for it and you have to be up for it <laughs> so okay, i will so, check that out <laughs> i don't know if you will to be honest <laughs> i kind of want to it sounds really interesting it's, it's on amazon prime go okay. watch climax all of you listening i don't you, you'll actually hate me if you watch it don't Welcome back to Qualified-ish, the bi-weekly podcast that talks all about movies and TV shows created by qualified creators, but hosted by an unqualified lover of film. I am your host, Kira Menez. This week, I am joined by my friend and There's No Such Thing podcast host, Maddie Wang. Maddie currently attends UC Berkeley studying public health and data science. In this episode, Maddie will discuss what it was like growing up watching both foreign films and American films in her life. Thank you so much, Maddie, for joining me today on this episode. I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you so much, Kira, for having me. I'm really excited, too. And... As you guys may know from this intro, um, Maddie does have a podcast. So Maddie, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Yeah, totally. So my podcast is called There's No Such Thing. And basically, I created it earlier during quarantine, um, just amongst like the BLM protests and COVID just, just starting to pick up more. And I guess the title is kind of, you know, to talk about how there's not really solution to everything but we can at least talk about it so I wanted to create this platform for you know people of Generation Z to talk about these issues going on in the world and hopefully come to a conclusion through those conversations whether it's an actual solution or just being able to have that platform to talk about it. Yeah so you guys should definitely check that out also available on Anchor, um, Spotify podcast all that fun stuff. So now getting a little into what we're talking about today, um, let's start, start off with the questions I ask every guest. So what is your favorite TV show to date? Uh, this is, <laughs> these are all tough questions. I know they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, right now, like just because of, it changes every time I watch something new, but I've watched like the big f- flower fight on Netflix. And it's basically this like reality TV show where these people create these like giants like botanical like sculptures it's super cool um not super creative I've never heard of that (laughs) I don't know it just like came up on like my my homepage, and I watched the whole season (laughs) that sounds fun I love it (laughs) yeah okay and what about your favorite movie to date I think my favorite movie to date also a very tough one um is Crazy Rich Asians very good movie (laughs) If you wish you created one one film or TV series, what would it be? And what I mean by that is like, sometimes I'll watch something and be like, oh my God, that's such a good idea. Or that's, that's a really great whatever. And I'll be like, I wish I created that. It's such, like, I loved it so much. I think it would probably be Black Mirror. Not in the sense that like, I want that kind of sick thinking. <laughs> but uh, it's just so creative and like, it's so looking into the future and some like looking at so many aspects we never even consider. So yeah, probably Black Mirror. Great answer. I used to love that show. Now I'm like, I like it, but it's not as good as the first like two or three seasons. Yeah, so. definitely. I agree. Yeah. 
Okay, and today we're going to be talking a little bit, because Maddie told me in her podcast episode that we did together on her show, that she grew up watching not only American, like, Pixar films, but also, like, some foreign films. So I'm really excited to talk about that. So, in general, what kind of movies did you grow up watching as a kid? The first movie I remember watching as a kid was Annie. (laughs) I loved musicals. My parents always showed me musicals as a kid. It was Annie, Wizard of Oz. And Mm -hmm. I also watched a lot of other animated films like every other kid, um, except beyond just the Disney movies. My cousin and I would watch Studio Ghibli movies. And um, our favorite was Ponyo and The Secret World of Arietti. So I would always go to his house and we would watch these Studio Ghibli movies together. And they were just really fun to watch together. It was kind of just like a cousin thing to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And was there like one movie you would watch over and over again? And like, do you still watch it today? I think the movie I watched over and over again was Annie. And I do still watch it again because my, or watch it today. My sister started watching it and she's been super into musicals as well. So it always just plays in the car because that's like the only DVD we have. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we just watch it over and over again in my mom's car, like every time we go out. That's so cute. Um, and I've I've only seen a couple Studio Ghibli movies, and I plan to watch other ones. It's just like they're they're not really anywhere to be found on streaming yeah. services, which is really annoying. But um, I definitely will watch the other ones because I I loved them. I watched Porco mm-hmm. um, Rosso, and then. Um, what did I watch? My Neighbor Totoro. And then yeah. I think one more that, oh, Spirited Away. Right How away. could I That's forget? <laughs> oh my God. I love that movie. Um, so so from, from, have you seen all of them? Before? I haven't seen all of them. Um, okay. I think Ponyo, Secret World, like the more popular ones that you've seen in like theaters. I know okay. like one of the movie theaters had a bunch of them oh, one cool. week and I went to a few. Yeah. So, like, what do you think is so special about Studio Ghibli movies? I think what's special about them is, first, the creator of, like, Studio Ghibli, Hayao Hayao Miyazaki. I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. But he really intends the audience to a very specific group of people. So, for Spirited Away, he intended the movie just for, I think it was nine-year-old girls or ten-year-old girls. And the reason being was, you know, that's just the story revolves around a nine or 10 year old girl mm-hmm. and her navigating kind of the spirit world and her own world. And I think that's really special because a lot of like directors try to appeal to every single audience, right? Mm-hmm. They're trying to appeal like Disney movies. They try to appeal to both the kids and their parents. Like, you know, the parents want to show their kids something that has a good moral and you know the kids want to see a Disney princess or something but he targets it towards one audience and I think that's really effective in a way because he like everyone is able to relate to that somehow because even adults like they've lived through that stage in their life and going back to that childhood feel of the movie is really special and I think beyond that the animations are amazing Mm -hmm. like everything I love the food scenes and I think they're like super popular on like Twitter. There's like threads of like food scenes from Studio Ghibli movies. And Mm -hmm. 
I think that's really amazing, like that small attention to detail. Because I think food is like a huge part of Asian culture and it like really brings people together. So that like attention to detail in that animation is also really amazing. I could go on about Studio Ghibli movies. (laughs) (laughs) It's so interesting because, okay, so my first movie, my first Studio Ghibli movie was um, Totoro. So Mm -hmm. that movie is so pure. Like it's just so pure and I don't know what it is. Like I love, I love, love, love the the script like everything the father says is like my favorite it's like has like the greatest like I don't know what it is it's just like super nice and super pure but it's also just like it's not surface level like everything you watch in Studio Ghibli I've noticed like even the freaking pig flying dude like (laughs) there's a lot of like it's very deep there's a lot of depth which I think is what you're talking about with the audience I mean like it can be targeted towards kids sure but then I'm sure like a lot of parents really enjoy watching it with their kids and people who grew up watching those movies after watching them myself, not even as a kid, but now I want to show them to my kids and I want them to be exposed to that because, well, first of all, it's better to to be exposed to more than just what we know, like American films, but also, I don't know, there's something magical about Studio Ghibli. It's like, it's like, I don't know what it is. It's just so good. And I agree with you 100% about the animation. I think it's beautiful. And I, I as well have been noticing that people use it in Twitter a lot. And I mm-hmm. think it, they've been doing it before <laughs> yeah. before I knew about it. So, like, I would recognize it, but, like, not. So, yeah, I think what's so special is that it applies to an audience, mainly kids, but it it doesn't. It's It's, like, it takes the adults for a turn to their ch- childhood almost, like, especially with Spirited Away, I mean, we can see that it's a lot of, like, imagination, and then, like, mm-hmm. is it imagination? We don't know, but, like, there's just something so magical about her taking her own path and mm-hmm. exploring the spiritual world by herself, and yeah, and I, I've only watched it once, but I think about it a lot, which, which says a lot, like, I've always yeah. wanted to rewatch it, but yeah, it's definitely like a journey. It's it's like the best journey you could imagine. That's how that's the best way I can describe Studio Ghibli movies from what I've seen so far. Yeah, in every movie there's, you know, the main character, there's a ton of character development and even beyond that, it's just it makes you feel really warm inside. I know what you're talking about like that, like nice feeling and yeah. just the script and how everything is drawn out and that like I think a very strong theme in all the movies is like that tie to family. There's mm-hmm. always like, you know, the parents and, you know, yeah. the kid. It's, it's a very similar storyline in a lot of the movies, but it takes it in so many different directions as well. Yeah. In one way or another, the main character or the main characters are trying to find a sense of belonging. And it's mainly familial, which is like, you know, it's really important. Which is your favorite <laughs> least and least favorite Studio Ghibli movie? My favorite one, oh, I don't even know if I have a least favorite one, but my favorite one is Howl's Moving Castle. And that was, that one's just my favorite because my cousin and I watched that all the time. That was his favorite. And he's older, so it would always be whatever he wanted to watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that movie is so amazing. I haven't seen it recently. And I know if I watched it now, I would take like a whole different meaning from it. Mm-hmm. just because as a kid it's like very innocent 
right you know these they're in a castle and it's flying <laughs> um but it's such an amazing movie. I know you haven't seen that one, so I would highly recommend that. I know. I've heard really, really good things, especially about that one. Um, so, yeah, I definitely have to check that out. We were talking about a little earlier how we really like the animation. And Studio Ghibli is very, very famous for having, like, really great shots in their films. Like, really long, beautiful shots in their animation. Is there one scene or, like, one shot in one of the films that like you'll never forget or that like maybe you think about or is your favorite when you rewatch them? I'm just going off what I've seen recently. I watched Spirited Away and that's probably the most recent Studio Ghibli movie I've seen. And there's this one scene where Haku is like his dragon form and Chihiro is, I think they're just like flying over like they're just flying in the sky and it's such a like she's obviously a child they're both children Mm -hmm. but it's such a pure scene of even just friendship and like that sense of unity and it's a very beautifully drawn scene Mm -hmm. I think that's probably one of my favorites and I've that's only one I've seen recently so going off my memory yeah yeah for me, because, okay, so the, when I watched, there was something about My Neighbor Totoro that, like, really, I don't know what it was, but that was the first one I watched, as I mentioned, but after watching it, it just, like, really stuck with me. I don't know what it was. It was just, like, super simple, but I felt like it was, like, one of the most comforting films I had ever seen in my life. I don't know why, but one of my favorite shots is when they're just, like, when, when, when Totoro's just like flying and just like taking them, you know, like yeah. just like on a journey and when they're just like laying, like there's like a scene where they're just like laying on the ground, just like yeah. looking up and they're like, the kids are like sitting on him. I think that's mm-hmm. like the cutest thing. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, there's a lot of scenes from Spirited Away a hundred percent, but that's like, because it was the first movie I had watched. I was like thinking about it yeah. just now. So, so yeah. Yeah. As you watched Studio Ghibli when you were a kid, did you also watch a lot of Disney animated princess movies or like Pixar films as well? And like, which ones stood out to you? Yeah, definitely. I watched probably more Disney animated princess films than Mm -hmm. I did Studio Ghibli. Um, My, which ones? I watched almost every single one growing up. I think the one that stood out to me my favorite as a kid was The Little Mermaid and Mulan. Mm-hmm. Um, the Little Mermaid was just, you know, a classic. She's a mermaid. Yeah. I loved mermaids, so <laughs> that was Yeah. And Mulan, <laughs> well, I love the live action one came out yesterday, but um, the Mulan, the animated one, was my favorite just because, you know, seeing, like, a Chinese storyline on mm-hmm. TV as a kid was really nice to see. I think I didn't really realize that, but that was kind of my appeal to it and seeing a lot of things I could relate to with the storyline being portrayed on TV. Yeah, and you mentioned the live action. Do you plan to watch that one? I actually did last oh, night. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. Okay, briefly, what did you think about it? Um, I really liked it. I didn't know there was a ton of con. Like, I woke up this morning and opened Instagram, and there's like a bunch of controversy. Like, don't watch Mulan. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But my personal view of the live action, I was I really loved it. 
and okay. you know seeing an entirely Chinese cast on TV mm-hmm. is really huge for me. Um, I've been really trying to watch a lot more films with just Chinese casts or just Asian casts. Right. Because I feel like I relate to it a lot more and it's just nice supporting those. Um, but I think it was a really fantastically done movie. There are some like weird blimps because, you know, the script is written by a white person. So there's a little bit it of is? like, um, yeah, I, I, guess, I guess that's like the whole controversy, like the off scene mm-hmm. cast, um, like all the staff behind it was all white. So that's why everyone's like, oh, boycott it. And um, there are some, like, weird cultural blimps. But other than that, it's really nice seeing, like, a strong Chinese female lead, Mm -hmm. two strong Chinese female leads in one movie. And just a lot of that cultural aspect. They did a very good job in kind of honing in on Chinese culture and recognizing those values. Okay, well, that's good to hear because especially with, like, the other remakes, I was not a big fan. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad at least it reached... It's reaching audiences, especially within like the representation aspect. I think yeah. that's important. So how do you think an American animated films and foreign animated films differ? I think they differ in, again, the cultural aspect. The live action Mulan, just going off of that, they made, like, I guess, a director. I'm not sure what her name is. I just know she's like Australian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she was very careful about like talking to um, I think it was like the communist com- committee in China about the different aspects of Chinese culture. Oh, I, and I think know that. He, yeah, she did like a lot to appeal to the Chinese audience. So like the movie would do well in China. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think that that's the huge difference, like that cultural aspect in studio Ghibli, like you talked about earlier, there's a lot of belonging, needing to belong in, familial ties and I think family is super super important in any Asian culture um, I grew up in you know a Chinese family so things have always been like family first like regardless of what happens it's family first mm-hmm. and I think um, American films pride themselves a lot on individualism like a lot of them stray from their family you know going away to write their own lives which is awesome as well like that kind of tie but seeing that Asian aspect of like the importance of family. And like I talked about earlier, like the food scenes and animated films, I think that's also another drawing thing of Asian culture. Like food just is kind of a way to connect with everybody. And yeah, I think those are the main ways. It's just a cultural divide really. Yeah. I I totally agree with you. And I think even though my culture isn't represented in Studio Ghibli films, I think the reason I appreciate them so much and I love them is because I have like a similar, you know, value of family. Mm -hmm. My culture has a very similar value of family and just the way it's portrayed in those movies, I feel like is is exactly how it feels when, you know, you're with your whole family. Like it's just like really warm and everyone's happy like those are like the best moments and I think that's what's so special about those and I think you're totally right that the American films are um, more individualistic and I don't know if you like go back to like your home country but like when I do I feel like 
in America, we're so fast paced. Like everything mm-hmm. is just like going, like we're going, we're working. Like that's yeah. how it is. We're working here. Like constantly, we're always trying to do things and just like distract ourselves from like doing anything for like our own good, basically other than work. Yeah. And then I'll go to like Lebanon and I'm like, everything is so chill here. And like, mm-hmm. obviously it's completely it's a completely different country like things are messed up and like the government is like a whole mess and everything like that but at the same time it's like at least the pace is like somewhat slower and yeah and I think that relates to like the movies because a lot of them are focused on like the kids growing up and going to college Mm -hmm. and like moving on and then working like that is the main plot especially like you know toy story like yeah the kids grow up that's it yeah andy (laughs) passes on his toys that's it and i think that's funny because you know we talked about earlier how studio ghibli although it applies to like the younger kids it also applies to the adults who like still like to live in that in their Mm -hmm. childhood sometimes and like toy story is kind of the opposite of that in a way where like andy you know we see him grow up he plays with his toys and then he finally passes it on almost like Andy's passing on his childhood. Um, So it's, it's just like, it's just like kind of opposing. It's, it's interesting. I didn't even realize until we were talking about it just now. Yeah. But yeah. And then another thing I wanted to point out is I feel like American animated films like Frozen and, and Tangled are a lot of, it's a lot of imagination and I, Mm -hmm. and I, and a hundred percent Studio Ghibli from what I've seen is a lot of imagination as well, but it feels real to me. Yeah. Like there's something about it that's so like real. And, and even if it's not, it's, it's touching a deeper real subject that we, yeah. that you realize. Yeah. As for sure. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. What you said about you know, that, like kind of draw between imagination and reality in studio Ghibli movies, like in spirited away, you don't really know if you know she's really experiencing any of these things in the spirit world mm-hmm. or if it's all fake and even at the end you kind of question it and same with like Totoro and all these right. other movies whereas like the American animated films you're like oh that's definitely her imagination because she's a kid right like you just it's just implied I 100% mm-hmm. see that um and you said how you watched more American animated films than foreign animated films so do you think like what you watch as a kid has greatly affected how you are today and how you were raised? Um, and like, if so, how? That's a really good question. I think in a sense it did affect who I am today. You know, I grew up more in an Americanized household. Like I'm still Chinese, but my family all speaks English. I mean, my parents grew up in like the Midwest. Um, I'm, third generation so we are pretty Americanized which is why I watched more American animated films as a kid Mm -hmm. and I think that did affect me as I grew older I kind of had kind of a like crisis in my identity just because I didn't really know if I was more American or more Asian and I had a very like difficult time reconciling with it and I still do today um, I think, you know, a lot of my friends who are Asian, they are like, they're pretty in touch with their culture. They can speak to their parents in their native language. Um, I, I can't really speak Mandarin and it 
kind of bothers me sometimes Mm -hmm. just because I can't reconcile with that side of me. Um, Mm -hmm. So that aspect is very interesting to me. And I think about it a lot. And I think the reason I watch a lot of Asian films and try to immerse myself more in Asian media is because I'm trying to reconcile with it. And it does help like being able to recognize different aspects of culture that my family still holds on to and also, you know, comparing it to an American cultural aspect as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I never saw, I guess, I don't know if Aladdin really counts, but like Arab people represented in, in, in animated films. And I don't think I... I don't. I didn't think it was a problem, you know, until like now or yeah, past couple of years. You don't really see it as an issue, but like thinking about it now, I feel like subconsciously it really messed me up because if you don't see a represent representation of yourself on the screen and like everyone's always raving about these films and you should take your kids here and like every kid loves it mm-hmm. and you realize that like you're almost you feel like you're watching yourself get whitewashed by watching mm-hmm. watching these films. And now that I'm aware of it, it's just, like, kind of sad. Yeah. Because I didn't start watching any Lebanese films until recently um, because I I just never knew of any any animated films. And my parents always showed us American films. Mm-hmm. So there are, there are a couple Lebanese films that I absolutely love. And I, and I go back to them. Like, there's one I think you would really like it. It's called... Um, where do we go now? And it's mm-hmm. it's not an animated film, but it's it's a great film. And that one, honestly, that one has really impacted me. It's about like the divide between like the two religions in Lebanon and mm-hmm. how it affects someone's life at the end of their life. It's really interesting. Um, but what I mean to say, because you brought up in your household that you guys mainly speak English, is that my parents, they grew up in Lebanon and they came here mm-hmm. and then started a family. My parents almost like like 95% of the time maybe like 98% of the time speak to us in arabic mm-hmm. and i i i can fully understand most of the time like most of the time i can understand but then like sometimes like my parents watch the news and i'm like a little confused like that kind of thing like i yeah. can i can understand like the basic nature of it mm-hmm. the basics i can hold i can hold a conversation sort yeah. of my my Arabic is like embarrass embarrassingly like mediocre. I totally feel that like yeah. being able to understand but not really speak. <laughs> yeah, and like I don't know any I don't know anything about reading it. I don't know anything uh-huh. about writing it because I just wasn't I wasn't if I was raised in Lebanon, I'm sure I would know it. But like there's yeah. no place here where like I can just like I can't just like add it to my classes and at mm-hmm. my yeah. school. Like you know, it's not something like that. It's just watching films, especially like just watching American films as we know them, has subconsciously kind of messed up how we view ourselves yeah. in that aspect. At least that's what, I, what I've concluded. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I feel like you and I, we have been aware and we're trying to like, <laughs> you know, figure that yeah. cultural aspect out for ourselves. Yeah, definitely. I... I totally feel everything you feel. And mm-hmm. I I didn't really realize that lack of representation growing up, like you said. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize that it really affects us growing up. And I think also we can't really blame our parents 
oh, no. not that you were, but um, I think just there's not access to it either mm-hmm. when we were kids. Like like you said, Aladdin's like the only, you know, in a sense, like representation you saw of yourself on TV. And yeah. for me, it was like only Mulan. Mm-hmm. Like I would have to, I, I saw Studio Ghibli, which was nice, but you know, I didn't always have access to that. It was always at my cousin's house and you know, the constant media I normally saw was, you know, Ariel and Cinderella (laughs) and Snow White. Yeah. And um, another thing I wanted to mention is that like, you know, part of sacrificing like their life in their home country and coming here is also sacrificing like, you know, the kids are not going to be fully immersed in the culture. Mm -hmm. I mean, I try to, my siblings try to, but you know, there's just not that same outlet because Definitely. it's not like the culture is not as uh, prevalent here. So, you know, just just like being aware of like how our how the movies and how different aspects as we were children growing up where we haven't seen representation in our classes and in film, mm-hmm. like how it's impacted us today. Like I as long as you, you know, recognize that and I'm sure a lot of people in our in our positions have recognized it as well. Like as long as you recognize it and do what you need with it, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like just yeah. figuring it out. I think that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you mentioned before that Crazy Rich Asians is like one of your favorite movies. Mm-hmm. But are there any other films, specifically foreign films, that you like love, that you watch again or that you think about? Yeah. I guess Parasite is, you know, the very famous mm-hmm. one. Um, <clears throat> that one's a little bit harder for me to watch just because it is, you know, Korean and there's a lot of different cultural aspects in Korean and Chinese culture. Mm-hmm. Um, Parasite is one. There's another Korean film, um, Train to Busan. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's oh, on I've Netflix. Heard of it. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, that's also very good. Um, a little bit of a thriller, <laughs> but yeah. very good. And the ones I watched recently, um, so one is called Tiger Tail. I'm not sure who the director is. Mm-hmm. I think it's on Netflix. Yeah. But that's like about a Chinese family. And the other one is The Farewell, which is by uh, directed by Lulu Wong. Mm-hmm. And she's a fantastic director. That was also a very good movie. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've heard a lot of good things about those. I've never heard of Tiger Tail, though, so I'll have to check that one out. <laughs> um, so, yeah. For myself, I mentioned before, Where Do We Go Now? That's like, my, that's, like, my favorite, and I'm sure, like, my sister will agree. It's, like, one of our favorite Lebanese films. Yeah. Um, it's super interesting. It makes me cry. Oh, no. it's, it's a good movie. It's really funny. I'll have to um, check it out. Yeah, you. I think you would enjoy it. <laughs> and then I've mentioned it so many times, but <clears throat> Portrait of a Lady on Fire is my one of my favorite French films that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like one of the best romantic movies I've seen ever. It's like a slow burn, and I'm sure people will watch it and be like, "That's boring," but it's like not boring. Like, please give it a shot. <laughs> and then um, one. Okay, obviously I love Parasite. Who doesn't love Parasite? It's, it's just such a good movie. It's just so good. And if you haven't seen it, you gotta watch it. Like it's just rule of law. Like go watch <laughs> it. Um, and then I watched a movie 
kind of recently another French film. It was like easily like one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> it's called Climax, and I don't even know how to describe it. It's like I'm gonna describe it just for the sake of the people who like don't know what it is because it's I had no idea what it was until like one of the guys I watch on YouTube described it. And I was like, this sounds so weird, but um, it's a foreign film. It's a French film, and it's basically like this this group of dancers and they meet for rehearsal and they're like celebrating I forgot what they're celebrating but they like finish rehearsal and they're like oh we're gonna celebrate so basically they're like drinking and they're eating and whatever and there's something in the sangria dude there's something in the sangria and all of a sudden this this thing turns from like a party to like an acid trip like really fast so it turns from like them just being like dancing whatever 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 and then they're drinking sangria just having a good time and then someone's like yeah this is not just alcohol like this is not just oh my god and then for like a little bit it turns into like who spiked (laughs) who spiked the sangria and it's just a mess it's it's literally a mess but i love it i think it's entertaining i think it's the one of the weirdest movies i've ever seen um and there's a, definitely a specific time and place for it, and you have to be up for it. <laughs> so, okay, I will so, check that out. <laughs> I don't know if you will, to be honest. <laughs> I kind of want to. It sounds really interesting. It's, it's on Amazon Prime. Go okay. watch Climax, all of you listening. I don't. You, you'll actually hate me if you watch it. Don't watch it. Um, <laughs> okay, so we talk a little bit about Parasite. So how do you think Parasite's big Oscar win in 2019 affected how the public views not only like Asian films but also foreign films because 2019 was the first year at the Oscars where a foreign film has won big picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it shows people that you know we can watch these movies. I think there's a huge language barrier almost because people yeah. don't want to read subtitles and they're like, oh. I'm not going to watch this movie because I won't understand it. It's, you know, the subtitles aren't as accurate. Right. But I think it kind of normalized watching foreign films. And I think even beyond that, like recognizing people of color on TV and really bringing that to attention because, you know, Hollywood is very white dominant and Mm -hmm. having a foreign film when big picture was huge and, that's like a huge stride in any like foreign country. I think it was almost a win for every single person of color because they're like, wow, like if they can do it, so can we. And I think that's a huge step in how public the public has almost endorsed Asian culture as well. And there's a huge push for like Asian films now and recognizing that, you know, foreign films are equally as important as Hollywood films. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, I would hope after all their wins during the Oscars last year that people would like go watch foreign films, just like take the stride. I feel like they're just like intimidating because it's like they have to read words on screens (laughs) and I'm like, please just go watch them. I I honestly didn't realize the like how wonderful foreign films were until recently either so like i don't know it's just like taking taking that stride watching like two or three movies you'll want to watch like more like it's just that just that step um yeah i agree with that 
so yeah well this was a lot of fun i have one more question though because i i ask this to everyone mm-hmm. um so what is one thing you want to see more of in tv shows and film and this this can be literally anything it can be maybe like a genre you want to see more of uh, a plot um representation of some sort of any sort yeah so what are your thoughts on that definitely representation we talked about this a lot through the conversation (laughs) (laughs) but I think that's so important especially for kids watching media and seeing people that look like them and you know I think growing up I'm sure you felt this as well like your appearance wasn't as western as what we saw as kids and it creates Mm -hmm. a lot of insecurities and not really knowing where our culture lies and I think like I'm almost jealous of my sister because she's growing up in this era where there's, I mean, just last year, there were so many Asian leads in movies and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Mulan just came out last night and she sees this, you know, strong female Chinese lead, which mm-hmm. is really amazing. And mm-hmm. I think that's super important for not even kids, but adults as well to have that relationship with something they're watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think slowly, I hope, I mean, we're seeing more of it, we're seeing more representation, but I I would hope that also within the pipeline, within like the creators behind the scene, that we'll, that we'll see representation as well, because um, that will just make it so much better. <laughs> yeah, it definitely would. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed mm-hmm. our conversation, so this was great. Yeah, thank you so much, Kira. This was a really awesome conversation. All right. Well, listeners, I'll see you in two weeks. All right. Bye, guys. (laughs) Bye.